Welcome back. Now, Dibula has described its annual performance as defensive, delivering a 1.8% rise in net property income, while vacancy levels improved. However, the, the property group was hit by the economic conditions in South Africa, which saw net finance costs rise 14.1%, further weighing on its distributable earnings down 6.9%. Joining me now is the company CEO, Isaac Peterson. Thank you so much for your time, Isaac. Now, let's actually start off with that top line. where We saw growth of 3%. Just frame for us what lifted that revenue. Um, if you look at our numbers, I think we've improved in most uh, departments. Uh, we've done some great leasing. Um, vacancies went down from 10% to 6% across the portfolio. Um, our rental reversion rate was uh, was 1%. Last year, we were flat on the rental reversion line. I think if you follow the sector closely, you will, you will see that uh, you know most competitors are still reporting negative rental reversions, although there's a bit of stabilizing there in terms of where these, these numbers were previously. We've moved a fair amount of offices. I mean, our offices were at 30% vacancies a year ago. We're sitting at 15%. Um, that's above the, the support of 15.5% uh, average at the moment across the sector. Uh, and then our industrial portfolio has held up very nicely. I mean, our vacancy stayed stable at roughly 2%. Um, and basically, our residential portfolio has also shown very good resilience at, uh, at the vacancy factor of about 7%. So good, good, good leasing. Uh, and good discipline on the cost side. I mean, if you if you look at our numbers, you see that our costs all, also just only went up by about by about three percent in a highly inflationary environment. So I think yeah. I think yeah, we've sweated our assets well, um, and we've uh, we've really made disciplined on the spending side. Yeah, I mean, it, I want to zoom into office because when you look at a property company, the, the, the particular diversified property company, the main worry is always the office. And of course, you do say that there have been uh, significantly re reduced vacancies. And I'm wondering how far that momentum can go if there's a significant turnaround there or if it's just um, a, a situation of it's less challenging than it has been. No, I think things are definitely changing. Look, I mean, uh, prior to COVID, we were already going into a bit of a difficult season, uh, oversupply issues in SA, low economic growth, and then COVID comes and it's, it disrupts this whole thing and it, uh, it actually accelerates the negative news even further. But I mean, if you, if you move from about 2019 to where we are now, I mean, across the sectors, there's, there's improved numbers being, being reported. We see corporates go back to the office, uh, we are seeing uh, signs of people, uh, you know, some of the people going back are going back on the back of flex flexible models. I mean, we ourselves have uh, co-working and flexible office spaces. I mean, the, the, the absorption right there and the take up for that space has actually been brilliant. Uh, I mean, um, we, we've actually run out of space for, for co-working. So I think a little bit of better management, a little bit of creative management and properties in the right locations, mm -hmm. you'll see the improvement. But I mean, South Africa is 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 you know it's, we're not we're not we're not showing amazing growth, and interest rates are putting a spend on the works in terms of uh, uh, you know uh, how expensive short term money is and things like that. Mm. But I mean, people have to get up and start working now, and we've seen that we've seen people calling back their people come back to the office, and I mean, it, it, I always say to people, I mean, like I mean, when I started uh, in my career, I had I had mentors, and these mentors were not virtual they were at the office with me i went to meetings with them 
I mean, it's only a matter of time, but the corporates will realize that we cannot train youngsters uh, remotely. I mean, they need to rub off the experienced people and that sort of thing. And and I must say, we've seen that. I mean, we, we had a net uptake in, in office space, and that was driven by exactly that phenomena, that people are actually going back to the office yeah. uh, in some form, shape or the other. Now, Isaac, this was your first full financial year as a single share class company. How has that filtered through to the business? Well, I think we um, it actually worked out uh, exactly the way we anticipated to do it. I mean, we had two sets of shareholders that were pulling in different directions. I mean, the one set of shareholders were only interested in income. The other set of, uh, set of shareholders were fully invested in the company's equity. Um, and I mean, we could never really put these people in one room and, and, and achieve consensus. Now we've got a bunch of shareholders that buy into the company's growth story and uh, basically just uh, the Pula Inc. Mm. And then we've also now got a situation where we've got a, a, an enlarged share register, both in terms of the number of shares in issue and in terms of the number of shareholders that we now have within the company. So what it has done for us is we've seen a more than 200% increase in the liquidity of our share. I mean, we traded this year... Uh, we traded our shares traded in the, in a number two seven hundred forty five million shares traded compared to sixty five million shares in the prior year. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a significant day. Ah, all right. And just lastly, just to wrap up, of course, um, there are all these green shoots, but it didn't really that growth didn't really filter through to your um, your distributable earnings. Of course, the main contributor there was the finance cost. Talk to us about the magnitude of that hit. Yeah, we lost about forty million in uh, you know in increased finance costs. I mean, again, context, prime rate between the two periods up close to three percent. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we shielded some of that uh, with our hedges. Average interest rates were up about one percent because we had obviously hedged uh, part of that uh, of that increase in interest rates. I mean, it's not a small number, and I think as a sector, we're all refinancing into this high interest rate environment. Uh, but having said that, I think from a good point of view, we're saying the base is now set for better performance because we are now moving off a vacancy factor of 10. We're starting this year off at 6%. And it looks like there's positive news coming out of um, you know the U.S. in terms of inflation, job numbers. Um, and everybody's now starting to think that maybe those interest rates have, have, have now peaked. And if that's the case, I think, I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's a free 40 or 50 million rent just sitting there to be distributed to shareholders if we have a reversal of the high interest rates at the moment. But our company is solid operationally. Uh, you know, we've got a great team here, and uh, and I think we are invested in the right, def- uh, you know, defensive sectors of this economy. I mean, if you look at how your defensive retailers are doing relative to maybe people that, uh, you know, that are selling more discretionary product, yeah. uh, and you'll see that it's truck and cheese. But, I mean, the, this... A, a defensive retail tenant does well during tough times and in good times because, you know, if the economy is growing, everybody is doing well. Yeah. So I think we've just chosen the right uh, asset classes here. Ah, well, thank you so much for your time and giving us insight into those numbers that we saw coming out of Dipola Property Fund. That was the CEO of Dipola, Isaac Peterson.